Hey everybody, it's Damara Gardner. I am founder of Black Women About Business, where we help black women intersect business, leadership, and wellness. You are on our podcast today, and it is all about making sure that we give you bite-sized pieces up to 15 minutes of business, leadership, and wellness inspiration, all with the black woman in mind. So I have the pleasure of having Lungi Moore in the studio with me today. She is Zimbabwe-born, Detroit-based. She is a BIPOC. And for those of you who have not heard that, that is Black Indigenous People of Color. She's an activist who focuses on human rights and gender equality, being an immigrant and having traveled to 23 countries. Yes, 23, y'all. She has learned to adapt to different cultures and understands the dynamics and issues faced by BIPOC globally. She's also a writer and mom who started her lifestyle and community website, My Girl Squad, to foster positive connections for women of color online. The site focuses on highlighting amazing women. Uh, her book, which is called Wash Day, shares the complex relationship that we have with our hair from mm-hmm. a very young age and helps young children navigate their hair experiences. It's available in different parts of the world, including South Africa and Portugal. Lungi was selected as a featured author at the 2018 NAACP and the 2018 Congressional Black Caucus Authors Pavilion. Lungi, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Wow, you have done a lot. It's quite a mouthful, isn't it? It is a mouthful. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm sure you're going to delight and inspire our listeners today. I sure hope so. Yeah, yeah. Let's dive in, sis. All right. So BIPOC is probably a new term, as I said earlier, for many of our listeners. Mm -hmm. Tell us what it means to you to be black, indigenous and a person of color. So uh, a few things. BIPOC is actually a grouping of uh, individuals that belong to different ethnicities. Mm -hmm. And uh, specifically, the reason why I uh, chose activism within that group is because we seem to share a, you know, the same Uh, oppressive systems Mm. um, across the board. So for me, I identify with all three because I am still a person of color, a woman of color. I am black. um, And when I'm in America, I'm black as in just a black immigrant. I'm not necessarily classified as an African-American. But where I'm from, I'm indigenous. Mm. So it's all grouped together. And not every black person is like that. And not every person of color can be uh, identified as that as well. Absolutely. So it's so important that you make this distinction, right? And and this honoring of the identities in which you hold. Absolutely. Um, and making sure that if people are not conscious, yes. uh, they will become more conscious as a result of this acronym, right? Um, and so what has it been like for you um, when people have tried to put you in a box and say that you're only black or you're only indigenous or you're only this? What's that been like? I think you can also relate to that uh, being a black woman as well. Yes, I can. You know, your story is always written for you everywhere. Mm. Um, People seem to find to put you in uh, spaces and different categories that they feel you need to be in. And a lot of times when you shake that, that becomes a problem. That becomes an issue for the people who have put you in those boxes. So I know a lot of people relate uh, to that type of situation just because you don't hold the same privileges as them to be able to create your own 
you know, uh, your own narrative. Yeah, being able to tell your story and control your story is power within itself. Absolutely, right. It you have to. And, you don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. And and but <laughs> but oftentimes we feel as if we don't have a choice. Absolutely, right. And as that women, we're, especially, yes, yes, and that we're forced to be what the world tells us that we are. Absolutely. So I love that you're pushing against the grain and and helping people to honor their stories and to tell their stories in a way that makes sense for them, yes. which in part is probably. The the inspiration behind your book. Yes, and uh, it really was inspired because I uh, was really looking for um, African literature mm. for children. Yeah. I struggled. Yes, yeah. It, it's unfortunate. Yes, I grew up with Disney books. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I grew up with uh, books that uh, identified with a different type of race that was not mine. Mm -hmm. And as much as those were inspiring, they were great books, you know, getting stories from where you're from are very empowering. Uh, seeing situations and stories that relate to you create an immense amount of self-empowerment. So uh, seeing that my daughters <laughs> didn't have any type of book that related to them or looked like them, I needed to create it. Yeah. Whether or not the book did well or not, the the goal was to make sure that they saw themselves. Absolutely. So I, I think that this is really important that our identities, the way that we see ourselves, Absolutely. is often reflected in what we've been exposed to. Right. Yes. Um, and so although you were fortunate enough to to know yourself in spite of some of the literature that you were reading, oftentimes when we're only exposed to narratives that are not reflective of who we are or narratives that are deeply rooted in stereotypes, True. it does something to the psyche. It does. And I will say the journey that I have been on has not been uh, one of privilege, unfortunately. Uh, and, and I say privilege in a sense of self-awareness is a big privilege. Mm. It is something that not everybody can get to uh, if you don't intentionally do the work. Um, and even with myself, my upbringing uh, as well, with the environment that I was in was still oppressive. Uh, I come from a place where you have 98% um, of the population is indigenous and mm. black, but you have 3% of the population that owns the entire economy yeah. financially. Yeah. And once you own the money, well, guess what? You own all the systems, you own all the stories, the narratives, anything that needs to drive the money. And unfortunately, in that case, you also end up feeding into that. So guess what? You feed into the beauty standards. Guess what? You feed into all the stereotypes that are regurgitated to you. I was having a conversation uh, with my husband the other day that, you know, it's funny that all the information and media that I got as a child was American. Mm. So the epitome and the standard of black excellence was always black America. I didn't have any reference to any black African excellence mm. that was being portrayed in the media. Mm. In spite of our black excellence history. Yes. Right? Yes. So that's so... Um, I want to make sure that, that I touch on a couple of things about what you said. Yes. Uh, it, one of them being that self-awareness 
it just came to me is a form of wellness. And that oftentimes Absolutely we don't is. even know yes. that we have the right to be able to Absolutely. take care of ourselves based on our social conditioning. Yes. Right. Um, and so you, when you talk about the work, um, because it is a lot of it, work, it's, it's, it's a um, journey. <laughs> it's and, and a journey that we'll be yeah. on right for the rest of our lives, yeah. right? Because part of it is is that we're we're repairing some of the socialization that we've all had, yes. whether it's that Black America was the standard from your indigenous Zimbabwe, right, in which that should never be the case, or here in America where if you don't serve if you don't fit right within a certain category, which is very similar, then you just don't fit. And so all the, the work that we put in to being connected, because one of the things that all that's universal in our human psyche is that we need to feel connected. That's absolutely Even if the connection is going to hurt us in some kind of way, we will find a way to be connected and fit. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that you have taken charge by writing this book um, is so amazingly yes. powerful um, because if more of us wrote the stories that didn't exist, then we could begin to change the trajectory. Absolutely. Right. And again, another thing uh, back to to wellness is to also understand self-awareness is part of men- mental health. Yes. If you don't have self-awareness and it's a very powerful tool in order to define what your mental health could be. Yes, yes. Because again, and mental health is something um, very broad, but on the essence of consciousness uh, per se, if you are going to be constantly forced into uh, systems, because let's let's all be clear, not all the systems that we 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 participate in are um, are um, what can I say? For instance, if you go to a grocery store, you know the type of food that's there, but you don't have full control of how the food got there. Mm. And if you don't make a conscious effort to understand what the food is about, you're just going to continue to eat trash because that's all you know because it's the cheapest thing. Mm -hmm. And it's important as a person who uh, becomes conscious of who you are, you don't want to get into a point where all you're doing is literally intake. You're not outputting anything. You're not consciously trying to understand the systems that have been put there for you now to become mentally stressed yeah, or mentally uh, boggled down by trying to fit into something because sometimes you don't need to fit into anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and what you're saying, right, like don't just be a consumer. Don't, don't. just don't just take up the consumption role, yeah. right? Also, Understand the power that you have, and all of us have it, no matter where we came from, no matter how much trauma we've had in our lives. We all have power that we can activate within ourselves at any point in time that can change everything. Yes. Right? Um, So that's really, really key. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of research lately on black women and retreats. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has struck me is that many times black women are entering retreat spaces for the very first time, which has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with their economic situation. Situation, no, much more to do with whether or not we saw ourselves reflected absolutely. in these spaces, right? Absolutely. So we're starting to give ourselves permission mm-hmm. to do something that is a part of our God-given right. birth, right? And whether you believe in God, whatever you believe in, yeah. right? The fact that you're here on this earth means that wellness is for the taking. Yes. 
So let's let's talk about all this travel that you've done, right? <laughs> uh, you've been to 23 countries. Yes, uh, I love that. I've been to 25. Oh, awesome. Uh, and I cannot wait to go to my next one. Where are you uh, going? Uh, I'm going to Colombia. Okay. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. Columbia. Yeah, so that's like been on my bucket list for a little bit. Okay. Uh, and I would love to hear about what traveling has done to increase your leadership and business acumen, to increase who you are as a human in all forms. So with my travel, I usually travel with my kids, mm -hmm. um, and it's created a culture within our family of um, humility, mm -hmm. and I apply that everywhere. Um, not only do I feel very passionate about uh, women as a gender, I've, I'm very passionate about gender, period. And you get to see the levels of inequality of people who don't identify with either man or woman. Mm. And you start to understand your own privilege as a person who identifies just as a woman. Um, the understanding of uh, that type of privilege, even just to travel economically, that's an economic uh, privilege. So professionally, that has really increased my own awareness of the type of privileges that I hold as a black woman, which a lot of times that is something like, what, how, how, you know, white people only have privilege, but yeah. not really. There's so many different levels of, of privilege that a lot of people don't seem to understand and don't even apply it to their advantage. Um, for, so for me, if I list the type of privileges that I already have, I have educational privilege. And that is just uh, the ability to have a uh, college uh, education. Mm -hmm. um, I have economic privilege, the opportunity to allow my kids to go to a certain type of school. Mm -hmm. I have a heterosexual privilege mm -hmm. because I'm a heterosexual. I also uh, have the privilege of not having to deal with any type of religious dis discrimination. So there's many types of, of privilege that have really come about uh, in my travels and my kids now also identify with that and understand that, look, when I'm out here, I have to understand that there's so many different things that I, other people cannot do. So applying that when I'm out uh, educating people about gender, educating people about their own self-awareness and how to apply that in their own business economically is something um, that travel has done for me. And Lungi, what just came to me is that I think that understanding the privileges that we have based on the identities that we hold mm -hmm. is that in itself can be empowering. Yes, it is. Because I think that oftentimes if we focus on the identity that has caused us the most mm -hmm. um, stress in our lives, yes. which is our blackness, yes. then we forget that we're privileged too. Absolutely. That we forget that we're human too, that Absolutely. we're in this together. Yes. And that depending on on who we are and where we come from, mm -hmm. all of us have some form of privilege. Yes, an advantage too. Absolutely. Yes. And we have a responsibility then yes. to activate and to use it Absolutely. to help to boost up the humanity of other people. Absolutely. Right? And yourself. Never and yourself. yourself. Yes. Uh, well, self first, right? Yes. Um, and I think the more that we can focus on self first, that is about wellness, yes. right? Just just doing the work that we need to do to Absolutely. be the best forms of our humanness that we yes. can be. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, Lungi, 15 minutes goes by really, really fast. <laughs> yes, it does. I, I love the name of your lifestyle and community website, yes. My Girl Squad. Why is it critically important for us to uplift, celebrate, and actively support women? 
Multiple things. Uh, but the most important thing is, in this country specifically, I will talk about the United States, uh, there is a complete obliteration and annihilation of everything women. And there has been a narrative that has been created uh, by multiple systems in patriarchy that women should always compete against each other for patriarchal reasons. And that can range from um, the affections of men, that can range um, from getting the best job, uh, and so on and so forth. There's multiple reasons. And it's important, just like within any community, for you to stick together because there is no way you get anywhere alone. It's impossible. And being resilient as we are as women and being exceptionally resilient as black women, yes, uh, it's important for us to always pass it forward. It's important for us to always understand that if one is an agent of patriarchy, then we're all going to fall. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's free until we're all free. I love that. So when you create a squad, you're creating an army of individuals or an organization, I should say. I shouldn't militarize it. It's an organization of multiple levels of skills, resources, tools of women who imagine if we just all came together with all our privileges, all our resources, all our tools, all our skills to fight oppression. Yeah. And fight systems that are putting us in situations where we're in trouble. Yeah, I love that. And so, you know, the more that we can unite, yes, uh, the more that we can break systems. Yes, right? and I come from a place where you, the, the term is Ubuntu, right? Mm -hmm. And Ubuntu is we all come from the same thing. So in essence, a squad and a squad of women are always together. Yeah. Communally. There is no way you can be alone and think that you're going to reach the top without being together. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so besides My Girl Squad, how yes. can people stay in touch with you? Find me on Instagram uh, at uh, The More We Travel. You can find me on My Girl Squad. Um, we're actually doing a very top secret pro project right now that has uh, stopped me from doing any type of activity. But if you DM me and try and, you know, ask any type of uh, questions that you have on gender or any resources that any women or people who identify as women uh, need, uh, I have a whole bunch for women in crisis. I love that. Yes. Well, hopefully uh, we'll get to know this top secret project <laughs> yes, at some point will. in time. <laughs> Absolutely. Because uh, I'm certainly curious. <laughs> yes. And uh, Lungi, it's been a pleasure. Just as a reminder, everybody, we have this Be Well Fabulous Black Woman Tour coming up. We're going to be in Kalamazoo and Battle Creek uh, in uh, downtown Kalamazoo at the Radisson on March 26th. We're going to be in Detroit on May 14th and we'll be in Grand Rapids on June 4th. Check us out on Eventbrite and at blackwomenaboutbiz.com. In terms of social media, make sure that you follow us. Our Instagram as well as our Twitter is blackwomen underscore biz. And then like our Facebook page, Black Women About Business. Lungi again, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Yeah. Until next time, everybody. Ashe.